Let's go to Australia now. We usually talk to our Australian correspondent, Brad, on a Monday. But, Brad, I understand you had uh, a day to yourself yesterday. Good for you as well. You've been working hard this year. <laughs> yes, I had a, a golf day with some old uh, friends I played soccer with, and uh, it was good fun. Uh, uh, more laughs than good golf, but uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was nice. And my friend, I said to... Uh, I think Melita, your producer this morning, my friend got an eagle, but that was because an eagle flew and picked up his golf ball no. and hit it down the fairway. Yes, I've never seen one before, but there you go. He's claiming it, though, as, a, as a, his best hole of the day. <laughs> this is um, very ignorant of me, but I don't, if you'd asked me whether Australia had eagles or not, I would have said no. Yes, well, I, I, as far as I could tell, with my uh, limited uh, sight, uh, two hundred yards away, it certainly looked like an eagle, and uh, and uh, it sounds better than a, a crow when you're playing golf. So we're going with eagles. <laughs> uh, now, what's happening in Australia? Sounds like workers in the Sydney CBD are lagging behind a bit when it comes to getting back into the office. They are, they are, Jesse. Um, now, the Tourism Transport Forum, they released data um, just the past few days which shows that Sydney's CBD is at just 64% of foot traffic compared to mm. pre-pandemic levels, just ahead of Melbourne and a mile away from Perth, which currently sits at 87%. So what that means, apparently, is that a lot of people in Sydney and Melbourne are continuing to spend a good chunk of their, their working week at home. Now, some companies are getting more serious about getting them back. The Commonwealth Bank has told its 49,000 employees, who are not just all in Sydney, of course, that from July they will be required to come into the office at least half of the week. Uh, now, one of the big issues, I think, is that some companies are being open to changed workplace conditions. Uh, Bunnings, for example, has just announced it was going to trial a, a four-day work week for its staff. I'm not sure if it's the same at in Bunnings, New Zealand, but it sounds like a pretty attractive offer to me, Jesse. Yeah, I haven't heard anything uh, similar here, um, yeah. but same sort of thing here as over there, I think, which is a huge demand for employees. This recession that they were predicting for 2023 hasn't come yet, and it certainly hasn't affected the job market, where it seems like employees uh, have the upper hand. Absolutely. So, so you would you would think that if a big employer like that bank you mentioned sort of tries mm. to lay down the law, people might just choose to work for a different bank. Well, perhaps they will. I'll tell you one company whose staff are probably quite content to be working from home at the moment uh, as much as they can as those at the big accounting firm PwC. I'm not sure if you've heard that the company is under scrutiny after it was revealed it had used confidential information about changes to tax laws from the government to win new business. Yeah, incredible story. Yeah, well, the, it's resulted in the head of international tax and the former CEO leaving the firm. And yesterday it was announced a further nine partners have been suspended with a full investigation to follow, Jesse. Yeah, you would think the firm that would most want to distance itself from uh, apparently shonky behaviour would be the firm in charge of doing audits and being squeaky clean. <laughs> For sure, for sure. They've got something like 8,000 staff in Australia and worldwide over 300,000. So yeah. it's, a, it's a big thing for uh, PwC. Not just accounting anymore, but management consultancy and that massive industry yeah. that comes with it um, commercially and, and as you've said, for the government. Uh, okay, how about sport? Is it state of origin time again? It is, yes. Wednesday Who's going to win? Night. 
Well, Queensland, because I'm a Queenslander. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The first of the three-game series is in Adelaide on Wednesday night, and for a lot of us over here, it's it's pretty much on par with the Bledisloe Cup. Although, uh, and that's probably because an Australian team wins, uh, you know, (laughs) each year. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, to me, it's actually the fastest-paced game of rugby league all year, and there's there's something about it that when the players put on either the New South Wales Blues jersey or the Queensland Maroon, they seem to be able to run faster and hit harder than than any game they play uh, within their club. And uh, it's a bit of fun in my house because I'm the only Queenslander, so I usually cop a bit of ribbing from my uh, sons and my wife um, until, uh, uh, well, a lot of the past few years, they've gone to bed early uh, rather than watch the end of the game. <laughs> now, what's, <laughs> what's the story with your son? Surely he has a moral obligation to support his father's team. Well, he did when he was young, up until he was about five. I even bought him a Queensland jersey, but uh, I haven't seen it since. So uh, he's, uh, he, he's, he says he's a Blues now, Blues supporter, and uh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, have to, I have to agree with you, by the way. I mean, you know, the, it's hard to think of any uh, New Zealand competition that approaches that level of sort of emotion and passion as the state of origin, which I think is why New Zealanders enjoy watching State of O so much. It is a little bit late for us over here, I've got to say, Brad. Ah, uh, yes, I thought that, but you could... Uh you could go to bed early the next day, Jesse, couldn't you? <laughs> uh, anything else happening in your part of the world? Um, well, I'm sure, you, I'm, I'm sure you heard that the, the 95-year-old woman, Claire Nolan, who was tasered by police um, earlier this month, she passed away last yeah. week. Uh, the 33-year-old police senior constable involved has been charged uh, and he will appear in court in July. Uh, I mentioned also... Um, the findings of an inquest into the disappearance of fraudster Melissa Caddick were due to be made last Mm. week. Well, the Deputy State Coroner Elizabeth Ryan has concluded that Ms Caddick is dead, although it could not be determined how. Uh, And she also said that um, Melissa Caddick's husband could not be ruled out as being involved. Um, So I'm sure we're going to hear more on that. Uh, You've probably also heard that the WA Premier Mark McGowan announced yesterday he was resigning as Premier citing he was exhausted. He leaves on Friday, but uh, we shouldn't feel too bad for him. He will receive a $274,000 yearly pension for the rest of his life for uh, services to uh, Western Australia and and the country. Uh, We also have the Vivid Festival. It started in Sydney, and the lights do look pretty good at this this, event. Year it runs until June 17. Yeah, uh, I interviewed a couple of I interviewed New Zealander, the only New Zealanders over there. They've got something in the Light Walk. If you find yourself wandering down there, Brad, look out for it. Oh I'm, well, I'll be in the city next uh, weekend, so I might do that. Um, now we've had the Tina Turner musical in Sydney for a few months, and I believe it's pretty hard to get tickets just <laughs> now after news that she died last week. But it does run until October. But I must say, October, I'm very uh, interested in uh, in uh, the Kiss concert, Jesse. Are, <laughs> are you planning to come over? Well, I what do you think? think? Should we make it a boys' night, Brad? <laughs> put our, we could put, put our makeup on and go rock <laughs> the night away. I could pick you up at the airport, no problem. Rock and roll <laughs> all night. Some of the some of the uh, the Sydney that uh, the tourists don't know about. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll wear our Queensland uh, rugby league jerseys around. Sounds good. Thanks, Brad. I'll uh, seek Thank the necessary you. permissions. Nice to talk to you. Okay. See you.
Brad Foster in Australia. 